Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. Here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down and say that he is our God. We're grateful today just for his presence in our lives. I know you're grateful that God is keeping you. He's blessing me. He's blessing my family. I pray he's blessing you. But it's good for us to come together virtually just to give God the honor and the praise. You know, I'm excited because it's warming up outside and everybody's a little bit antsy. But it's an anticipation that things are moving forward. So just keep believing, stay faithful, keep trusting God, keep your hope in him because he's the one that is bringing us through to God be the glory. And I'm just excited about what he's doing. I thank everybody for serving. We are, I serve, we want to serve the community. If you haven't done so, make yourself available. Those who have, we thank you in advance because we know God is doing great things and is starting with his church. And so I'm just excited about that. I'm overjoyed to see the outpouring of what God is doing in the lives of his people. Even in a time like this, God is still faithful. So we want to worship him, we want to honor him, and we want to bless his name. But we're going to get right into it. We want to get into our iConnect series. Uh, we're on part three. I pray, pray that God has been blessing you through this series. I know that it's important, and I hear it in my spirit, that our community, who we're connected with, is going to be so vital and pivotal, pivotal to our success moving forward. So you need to check your community. You need to connect with the community of God. And I'm looking forward to what God is doing. So we're going to get into the next part of our series. You go to get your Bibles. You got it with you. We're going to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter number 3. And we're going to begin with verse number 1. And after we read verse 1, we're going to drop down to verse number 16. 1 John, the third chapter, beginning at verse number 1. We find these words. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Dropping down to verse number 16. It says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and know all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Amen to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you, God, for this time of worship. We praise you for this morning, God, that we can gather, Lord, just to honor your name, oh God. And so we thank you for your word. Speak to us, teach us, move us, challenge us. Whatever you need to do in us, you do it today. 
and we honor you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I connect. Today's subtitle is A Community of Love. A Community of Love. You know, I'm a dear Redskins fan. I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, my team has been bad for many, many, many years. And if you look at the team, you understand why. We've gone through so much change. There's so much dysfunction. It's so disorderly. There's no way possible that we're going to win. But I was taken back in early uh, this year when we hired a new coach, but our, our owner said he had an epiphany. He had a discovery that he needed to change the way that he was going about things. He used to have an a, a owner culture or a puppet man culture where you brought in you know, these different people and they kind of ran and made these impulse decisions. People didn't really know football that well, but just doing certain things. But he had a realization after he looked and he studied the other teams and saw that in order to be successful, you have to have a coach-driven team. And for me, in my mind, I'm like, why did it take you 20-some years to figure this out? If you just look at the Patriots with Bill Belichick, if you just look at the Steelers with Mike Tomlin, you can see that you need a solid coach to win. But it wasn't just having a good coach because we've had good coaches before. We've had world championship coaches before, and all of them messed up here. All of them could not win here because that wasn't the problem. The problem was the model that we had in place was an owner-puppet type of model that was dysfunctional. But it's not until we decide that we got to change the model and get to a coach-driven model that we can and put ourselves in position to have success. And so I'm anticipating us being a little bit better than we were because now we got a, a new coach that can enable us to have some success, that can bring in a culture that's maybe based on some true values or some things that we're actually looking forward to accomplish. And we can have some people here who actually want to be here, not just here for a paycheck, but people who actually want to be here. And I say that to remind us that many of us in our lives, we may feel like we haven't been successful. We haven't gotten to where we want to go. Uh, we, we haven't had the success that we may want to have. And we've had some good people in our lives. We've had some good coaches. We've had some good things. But our model was jacked up. We didn't have a coach-driven model. And what John is telling us today in, in our past is that we got to get back to the basics and get the true model, that we got to have a, a community of love, uh, a community of love that's not a me-driven model, but that is a God-driven model, that God's way of love is the way to go about this thing. And the book of John is very important because he talks about a lot of things. He talks about light. He says light all the time. Many of us have been in light. Some of us have been in darkness. He, he talks about the contrast between light and darkness. And we start off the series to saying that we got to have a community of light. He also talks about righteousness, which we talked about last week, is that you got to have righteousness. Your community has to be right. And he talks about it all through the book of 1 John. But then he also talks about this thing called love. And this thing called love is all over the book of John because he talks about it intently because he understood that in order to have a community, you've got to connect to a community of love. That's why in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, he says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's deep because it tells us that not only does love come from God, but love actually is God. And so if you don't have love, that means you don't know God. And that's a very powerful statement for us to really comprehend today that our community must be a community of love. And so our first major point that I want to make today 
is our community must have a God-centered approach. Our community must have a God-centered approach. That's the problem with many of us is that we're used to having a me-centered approach. Okay, can, can I get a witness there? We're used to having a me-centered approach. Or even if it comes to love, it's about how I define it or what I want out of the situation. And many of us are used to having a, a human-centered approach where we look at other people. We look at what mama said or what daddy said or what this one said, and that defines what love is for us. But if we're going to have success, if we're going to move forward and be all that God has called for us to be, we've got to have a God-centered approach. It's not about me. It's not about you, per se, but it's about God and how he defines love. That's why in chapter number three, verse number one, he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. In other words, look at the love that God has bestowed upon us. He says, look at this love, examine this love, take careful consideration of the love of God, that, that nothing a love that we earn, but a love that God bestowed upon us. In other words, a love that God gave us. Look at the love that God has gave us that we can become the children of God. That's powerful because many of us don't like to accept the fact that we were children of wrath. In other words, we were children of doom. Just go ahead and think about before you gave your life to the Lord. You, you were nasty. You were broke up. You were destructive. You were on your way to hell. But what kind of love did the Father have for us? Look at that love. Examine it. That would take us from being in darkness and translate us into light and take us from being a, a, a part of wrath and to put us into be children of the Most High God. What kind of love does the Father have for us? we got to take clear examination of that because that's the kind of love that our community needs. That's the kind of love that's got to hold us. It's not your love. It's not uh, my love. It's not what people say love, but it's the God kind of love. So let's take a moment to define what the God kind of love is. In Scripture, when you see this word love, he's talking about the agape love or the God kind of love. He's not talking about eros love, which many of us know, which is the erotic type of romantic love. He's not talking about phileo love, which is the brotherly love, like the city of Philadelphia. Uh, it's not brotherly love, but he's talking about the God kind of love. And I like to define the God kind of love this way. It's doing what is in the best interest of another. Doing what is in the best interest of another. It's intentionally desiring another's highest good. So it's seeing somebody else and intentionally, purposefully looking after they're good. And the challenge with this is, is you can love somebody with this kind of love and they not like it at all. Think about it. How many times has God in his love for us done some stuff that we didn't like? I'll raise my hand because I'll be the first one to admit it. Sometimes God takes things away from me because it's in my best interest. And guess what? I don't like it. Sometimes God will take me out of a job, will take some resources from me because it's not in my best interest. Many of us were like that, too. We can be honest with ourselves. God had to take some stuff from us because it wasn't in our best interest. If he would have allowed us to have that thing that we wanted and desired, it would have destroyed us. But out of his love, he took it from us. Sometimes God puts us in a position that we don't want to be in. Sometimes maybe in your family, 
There's a loved one that needs to be cared for, and it seems like the, the lot has fallen on you. It looks like you're the one that's got to take care of mama, or you're the one that's got to take in that nephew that's 16 years old that's acting crazy. But it seems like you've been put in that position. And you say, God, why am I here? But it's the love of God that God will put some things in our place and put us in position to allow us to be experienced the love. Because it's in our best interest whether we realize it or not. We don't have to like the love, but we got to realize that that's how the love of God works. He puts us in what's best for us. We've got to understand that God's love is not sentimental. God's love is not sentimental. It's, it's a part of his nature. It's just who he is. God's love is not moved by circumstances. God is not moved by circumstances. Oftentimes in our life, we're moved by that. So if you do what I want you to do, then I'm going to love you. If you act the way that I want you to act and circumstances are just right, I'm going to love you. But how dare you stop doing what I think you ought to do or how dare you do something different than what I want you to do. Then all of a sudden my love for you goes away. But we got to understand that's not God's love. God's love is not circumstantial. He doesn't go by circumstances. God's love is not sentimental at all. God's love is not emotional. It's not born out of his just his pure emotions or born out of his feelings or born out of his familiarity or born out of impulse. God doesn't see us in a situation and all of a sudden he's impulsive to respond to us. No, no, no. Love is his character. Too many of us, we're not familiar with this kind of love. We're familiar with other kinds of love where you know, we're familiar with the erotic type of love where we think because somebody wants to have sex with us that they love us. The devil is a liar. Just because somebody wants to have sex with you don't mean that they love you. They may be feeling you. They may think you look good. That doesn't mean that they love you. It doesn't mean that they have your best interest at heart. Just because somebody buys you all kind of things, come on in here. Just because somebody takes you to the fanciest restaurants and buys you all the fur coats and even buy you a car and do it, that does not mean that they love you. We're used to seeing love like that, but that's not the God kind of love. God is not moved by those types of things at all. He's not impulsive. And this God kind of love that we're talking about, that our community so desperately needs, it's originated by God. Man can't originate this kind of love. God originated. That's why he says in chapter number four, verse number 10, he says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be propitiations for our sin. In other words, we didn't love God first. God loved us. We responded to his love. It was his love for us. When, when we were desperate, when we were broken, when we were out of fellowship with the Father, it's him who loved us. He's the initiator of this kind of love. So a major sub-point we got to make here is our community must have the character of God's love. Our community must have the character of of God's love. In your community going forth, you got to have people around you that are going to be committed to the character of God's love. Not my kind of love, not your kind of love, not just a brotherly kind of love, but the God kind of love. You say, Pastor Tony, what is that character of God's love? I'm glad you asked. We got to take a deep look at it. Number one, love is an action. Love is an action. He tells us in scripture, he says, don't just love in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. If you be honest with yourself, a lot of times what we say we are is not what we practice. Come on. What we say we are doesn't always equal what we practice. 
in life, we get disappointed with folk because they, they pretended to be something or they said they were something. But when you pulled off the mask and you look behind closed doors, you figured out they weren't who they said they were. Because oftentimes we say something, we say something a certain way, but we don't act like that way or live by that way. And it, the two don't match up. But what makes God special, what makes God unique is well, whoever God says he is, that is exactly who he is. If I had a witness, you know exactly. If God says he's the great I am, he's the great I am. If God says he can make a way out of no way, guess what? He can make a way out of no way. If God says he's Jehovah Jireh, the provider, then he's Jehovah Jireh, the provider. If he said it, he can do it. Folk who've known God for a long time understand that's who God is because if he declares something, if he speaks something, if he parts his lips to put something in the atmosphere, you can best believe that that is exactly who he is. If he says, I'm a rock, guess what? He's a rock. If he says, I'm the bread of life, guess what? He's the bread of life. He's no flip-flopping. It don't go back and forth. Or he doesn't write checks with his mouth that his behind can't cash. Whatever he declares that he can do, guess what? He can do it. And that's why I'm confident that he says, if I'm coming back, that he's coming back. It may not be next year. It may not be the year after. But if he said it, that's exactly who he is. Love is an action. And so in our community, we have to insist that our community thrive on action and not words. We got to have people around us that don't just talk the talk, but they're willing to walk the walk. If we're going to get somewhere, if we're going to go to where God is taking us, we can't have a community that just likes to do a lot of talking, but not willing to back up what they said. You got to insist that your community, you got to tell your friends, you got to tell your family, we can't be people who just talk about it, but we got to be people who are actually going to be about it. That's the type of people you need in 2020 to get to somewhere, to, to be successful in life. You can't have just people who are willing to talk. Yeah, we got to talk. Yeah, we got to do some things verbally, but we got to put some things in action because that's what people need to see. People need to see your action. People need to see our action. That's the love. Love is an action. Love is an action. Second thing is love is a sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice with me. Love is a sacrifice. Sacrifice is offering something to appease somebody else, and particularly to appease a deity on behalf of somebody else. Let's look at what John says in chapter 3, number 16. He says, by this we know the love. Because he laid down his life for us. <laughs> he didn't say, by this we know his love because he said something. He said, by this we know because he laid down his life, what? For us. See, we got to understand that there was a sacrifice that had to take place in order for us to be redeemed. See, we weren't redeemed of our own goodness. We weren't redeemed because we're beautiful. We weren't redeemed because of our beautiful dark skin or our pretty teeth or our smile or because we do some good things in the neighborhood. No, we were redeemed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was a sacrifice. The Bible says that God sacrificed. He sent his son to become the propitiation for our sin. Got his sin. You see the difference? He didn't sacrifice because he was wrong. He didn't die because he did something wrong. It was us. It was, it was Antonio Jeffrey Cyrus that needed help. It was, it was me that was lost. It was me that, didn't, that was in the middle of the ocean without a raft. It, it, was, it was me that was on my way to destruction. He gave up his life 
for me. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't because of him. No, he wasn't this or he wasn't that. He was perfect in all his ways. But the Bible says that God gave his perfect son, not his broke up one, not his jacked up one, not his fallen one, but he gave his perfect one who knew no sin to sacrifice. He, he gave it up of himself for me. That's a powerful thing because we got to have a community that loves like that, that's willing to sacrifice. Because relationship will always be broken without sacrifice. We wonder why sometimes our relationships are still broken because nobody wants to sacrifice. You actually have to give something up. You actually have to give part of you up for your community because relationship won't come back together without sacrifice. That's the example that our Lord Jesus gave us. It's a sacrifice, not for him, but for us. I'm grateful for that today. I don't know about you, but it was a sacrifice. And so our community that we have has to be a community of sacrifice. You can't have people around you that are stingy. Come on in here, somebody. You can't have people around you that only think of themselves. They only look at their own interests, but can't see the interest of somebody else. I need a community around me that's willing to sacrifice. Sometimes you got to sacrifice some time, but you got to sacrifice it. Sometimes you got to sacrifice some energy, but guess what? You got to sacrifice it. And it ain't about you. It's about somebody else. I'm not doing this for me, but I'm doing this for you. And that's okay because that's the example that the Lord gave us. That's the kind of love. It's not a Tony Cyrus love. It's, it's not a your love, but that's the God kind of love that I need in my community. Come on, folks that want to be around, we need a church with this kind of love in the community. That's how you're going to go somewhere because you got action, not just talk. People just talking a bunch of stuff, but we're moving forward. We're taking action. We're taking, <laughs> come on in here, somebody. We're moving with action. God purposed it in our heart. We're not just looking around. We're not just talking about it. We ain't scared. We're going forth in what God has called for us to be. And it will take sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. sacrifice. We've got to sacrifice. This is the God kind of love he's talking about. He says, look, it, it was the sacrifice. We don't know Jesus loved us just by hearing it. We know it because we can look at the sacrifice that he made. It's a sacrifice, and it restores relationship. Come on, you need people in your life that are willing to sacrifice with this God kind of love. And I'm amazed at this love, and I'm amazed at the response that it requires. I know me. My wife will tell you, I got a bad habit that I, I'm, I'm still breaking. You know, I've said this before and I say it again. She'll call me to do something. And even though I'm doing what she asked me to do, I never respond to her. So she's upset calling me again. And I'm already doing what she asked me to do, but I just failed to respond. You, you know anybody in your life that just fails to respond? You know, you call them and leave them a message and then... They just don't respond. <laughs> you know, you send them an email or something, and they just don't respond. Come on, we, we go poke in our life that we have a habit of not responding. It's just that when something is given, we just don't respond. But reality is the love of God requires a response. <laughs> what, how do we respond to this love of God? You know, we hear that song, is my response is hallelujah, because there's a response that we have to give to God. I love Travis Green. He's got us calling and says, when you call me, I will respond. In other words, when you call my name, I'm going to answer. I'm not just going to go about even without acknowledging the fact that you call my name. I, I'm going to respond to you. What type of response do we need to have? And it's important that we understand this because 
a Christian has to have a response. <laughs> you have to see. See, in this COVID-19, one of the problems is you got people who are infected, but they're what's called asymptomatic. In other words, they don't show any symptoms that they have it, but they actually have it. And it's a problem for us because people are walking around positive but don't know it. But as Christians, see, we can't have asymptomatic Christians. You see, you can't have people who receive the love of God and show no symptoms. Because if you don't show any symptoms, you ain't been affected by the love of God. Because if you've got the love of God, there are going to be some symptoms in your life. It's going to manifest in your life. There's going to be a response. There's no way on God's green earth that you could have been touched by the love of God, touched by the action of God, touched by the sacrifice of God, and you show absolutely no symptoms. There are no asymptomatic lovers of God. There are no asymptomatic believers on the earth. If you've been loved by God, you got some symptoms in your life. The first symptom we ought to have is obedience. Somebody say obedience. When we hear and touch by the love of God, we got to be obedient or submissive to another's authority. That's why in chapter number five, verse number two and three, he says this. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. See, when we've been touched by the love of God, it automatically is our response to obey him. Because when you understand even a, a slightest bit the depth of the sacrifice that he had to make, yes, Lord, should come right out your mouth. It, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't even be hard. It's just, yes, Lord, to come out of your mouth because you realize what a great God and what a great Lord and what manner of love that he's bestowed upon us. And to have community, we got to bring it here because we got to understand. See, some of us, we have a hard time being in community with the believer. But we got to listen to this. See, you can't get along with the believer if you can't get along with God. See, see, you, you first have to get along with God before you get along with the believer. Oftentimes, we're biting back and going back and forth with people. The people are not the problem. It's that I got an issue with God. I got to line up with God first and say, you know what, God? This is about you. It's about me. And I got to respond to you with obedience so that when I get into community, I can obey you in the context of community. Because God is calling some of us to do some things in our community. He's calling some of us to speak up in our community. But when God says speak up and you don't obey him, guess what? Somebody missed a blessing because you refuse to do what God has called for you to do. Some of us, God has called us to do some other things in the life of our community. We got to call some people. We got to encourage some people. But when God says call brother so-and-so, and you sit there and act like God never called you and you don't respond in obedience, guess what? Brother so-and-so is about to make a bad decision that's going to take him two steps backwards. But if you would have picked up the phone and called brother so-and-so like God asked you to do, like he showed you in his word as you were reading scripture and dropped in your spirit in obedience to him, you could have changed the whole situation. God will call some of us, hey, say, listen, I know you, it's hard for you, but I want you to give $50 to sister so-and-so because she needs it right now. Notice I didn't say you need it right now. I said she needs it right now. But you're like, oh, God, it's my money. You know, it's we in pandemic times and, and what's going to happen to me? And, and are you going to bless me with something? God said, listen, just obey what I have to say to you. See, when you understand that the love of God is that if he calls you to give to somebody else, he ain't going to leave you high and dry. What kind of what kind of love is that? No, if he sacrificed his love on the cross for you, surely he'll provide for you. But it ain't about you right now. It's about the community. It's about doing what God has called for you to do. And when God calls, when we understand his love, our response is ought to be obedience. Somebody say, I'm going to obey. We can't have asymptomatic 
Christians that, that don't have symptoms of obedience. <laughs> there ought to be obedience popping up everywhere. That obedience ought to be spreading like crazy. <laughs> because we're doing the will of the Father. Second response. We got to have to this type of community, this type of love, is called loyalty. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Come on, I'm going to bring this in the natural for us. Listen, I don't have to have this conversation with my wife because my wife and I have been together a while. We know certain things, and I, I'm, I'm just saying, she understands this. It goes both ways. If you're going to be with me, you're going to be with me. But you're not going to be with him and me. That, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> That, 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 that's not going to happen. And, and all y'all need to take that same position. Listen, it comes from God. This, this, this is the God position. Either it's me or it's whoever else you choose, but it ain't going to be both. <laughs> Don't get quiet on me. It, it, loyalty matters. See, it's, it's either who's your allegiance, who's your duty towards something, somebody or something going to be. God says, listen, you, you can't serve and you can't love God and the world. Can't do it. It doesn't say you might be able to do it. And some of us, we go back to our player days. Come on, brothers. You know what I'm talking about. We, we think we can manage multiple things and multiple situations, and it's going to work out for us. The devil is a liar, bro. It ain't going to work with God. You can't manage multiple situations with God. Either you're with him or you're not. He, he don't play that. Homie don't play that. He, he doesn't go. In the, either you're with him or you're not. Let's check his word and see what he says. Matthew 6, 24. He says, no one can serve. Two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, you can't serve God and serve the ways of the world at the same time. You just can't do it because you got to understand something, beloved. Love gives us a choice. Love gives us a choice. I can't make you love me. It's like you can't make me love you. It's not possible. Love gives you a choice. Either you're going to love me or you're not going to love me. It's a choice you're going to have to make. That's why God touches our eyes and understand he opens up our eyes. You got to realize that God opened up our eyes to his love. It, this love wasn't something we earned, but he opened up our, our blinded eyes, our, our darkened eyes, and allow us to see what love he has for us. And, and how dare we look at him with his love and think that we ought to go someplace else. Like he's insufficient. Like he's not enough that he can't meet our needs. That we got to put our hope and our affections in, in something else or somebody else. God said my love is the greatest thing that was ever going. It created this world and it's going to sustain this world. And so you're either going to be with me or you're not going to be with me. Because he says this, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abideth forever. We got to understand, beloved, this. When he talks about the world, he's not talking about people. He's talking about the worldly system. And, it, and he talks, he breaks it down for us. What's in the world? Well, we see, number one, the lust of the flesh. Come on, the impulse of how I feel. You know what I'm talking about. We all know what I'm talking about. We all know what, what the impulse of our flesh is like. It's your thing, right? 
do what you want to do. That was a song back in time, way, but it's your thing. See, that, that's the message of the world. It's your, it's your life. It's your body. It's your stuff. It's your, it's your money. It's your car. It's your whatever it is. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. But you got to understand, love does what's in the best interest of another. So you doing what you want to do, which is killing me. How's that love? That ain't going to work. See, so you can't just do whatever you want to do because that's centered on you. That ain't, that's not the love of God. You're, you're just doing whatever is imp impulsive to you or whatever you feel, even in our flesh. And come on, we all understand this because we all got some flesh. I know Tony Cyrus got some flesh. We want to do what's impulsive to us in our flesh. We, we want to say what comes out of our head that's in our flesh. We want to, come on now, we want to have some choice words for some folk that come right out of our flesh. Our fist may want to wind back and cock somebody straight in their face because of our flesh. We want to grab a hold of some flesh. Come on here, somebody. We want some warm body with some flesh. But you got to realize that doing what I want to do may be hurting it's hurting somebody else, and that's not the love of the community. You can't be in a relationship with a folk where they love themselves so much, but they're doing everything else, but they're killing you. They talk about, I love you. No, you don't. If you, <laughs> if you loved me, you would consider me. He says, love not the world or the things of the world because of the lust of the flesh. Secondly, it's the lust of the eyes. <laughs> it's the impulse for what's in front of me. That's it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You didn't plan on buying a car, but you went on a lot and bought one anyway, right? Because it was right in front of you. You see what I'm saying? The man told you it was only $325 a month, and you went and bought it. You don't have $325 a month. You barely got $100, but you went and bought it anyway because right, it was right in front of you. You went into the bar. You saw that young man. He was tall and hand. Oh, my God. Look at that dude. He is looking good. He fly. He dressed up. You don't need that, man. You just got out of a bad relationship two weeks ago, but you jumping into something else because it was right in front of you. It's the, the impulse of what's in front of me. But the problem is, is we got this out of, out of sight, out of mind type of dynamic going on. And God is like, what? Because I'm not in front of you right now. You, you're going to do something. Come on in here because you can't see me. <laughs> Come on, people. You know what I'm talking about. You can't be in a relationship with somebody that you've always got to be with them all the time because you don't know what. <laughs> you quieted on me today. Wake up Sunday morning. Come on. You don't can't be in a relationship with somebody. I got to follow you everywhere you go. I got to look at your phone. I got to put a GPS to figure out where you are, who you're with, because I can't trust you. Because if I'm not in front of you, if you can't see me. God said, no, no, no. You, 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 you. That's, that's not the type of love, so, because there are times with God, but guess what? You ain't going to see him. <laughs> so you're going to be going through some stuff, and it's going to be hurting, and guess what? You can't see him. You look to your right, you can't see him. You look to your left, you can't see him. You look behind you, you can't see him. You look at around, but you can't see him. But just because you can't see him don't mean he's not there. Just because you can't see him don't mean his love is gone from you. Just because you can't see him don't mean he's not, he's not right there with you. But we can't go be impulsed by what our eyes see. Finally, he talks about not just the lust of the flesh but the lust of the eyes, but he talks about the pride of life. See, when we get proud, it's, I got all this stuff, Nick. I, I got all this money. I got all this accomplishment. Did you not see my resume? Come on, bro. I was the, the super director of this department and that department. I got this degree and that degree. Come on in here. I drive this and I drive that as though all those things sustain me and all those things make me who I am. And God is like, are you crazy and out of your mind? If it wasn't for the breath that came out of my mouth to enter into your body, if it wasn't for the love that I had to you to even give you the grace 
to work through your pride and your arrogance, you'd be dead at the doorknob six feet under without chance for resurrection or without chance for hope. Is that we got all this stuff that we're proud of. Oh, look at my accomplishments. Look how many people coming to the service. Ain't nobody in the service right now. But God is the one who's still in control. It's not about how big the church is. It's not about how many members you got, how much money you bring in. None of that's the matter. That's pride. It's not pride. It's because of the grace of God, the love of God. If it wasn't for the love of God, we got to get this thing shifted. He says, don't love the world or the things of the world. Why? Because all that stuff is perishing. I don't know if you realize this, but you can't take money with you. <laughs> you can't. I'm sorry, folk, but you can't take it with you. Somebody else going to spend it when you're gone. I'm telling you, that's what you can't take it with. You. We can't get bigged up on this stuff because it will go like that. Come on, you got TV. You seen people rich one day. Come on, you made over $100 million playing a sport. You got nothing. <laughs> it happens. It's fading away. Don't rely on a sinking ship. I got to close. I'm running out of time. We got to have a community of love. And I'm just here to encourage you today that as you're rebuilding your community, you got to have a community of love. And sometimes we get scared. I, I know about you, but when it's time to make a change, when it's time to bring in a new direction, when it's time to bring in something different than what I'm used to, we get nervous. First of all, we start to doubt our own selves. God, that, that God, am I even worthy of your love? God, do you even really love me? God, am I even really confident that you died on the cross? And we start second. Come on and hear somebody. We start second guessing ourselves. That am I, am I going to make it? Am I, am I going to survive? We start second guessing, but God says, no, I got this. I'm with you. We start second guessing people around us. We start looking with the evil eye and start questioning folk. And, and, and all this stuff starts to come in my mind. But, but God says this. I told you in the beginning, it's not about you and it's not about her. It's not about him, but it's about me. That's why he tells us in the scripture, he says, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. I'm here to let you know that God is greater than you. Even when you think that you're not worthy, God is still greater than you. When you think that you can't make it, God is still greater than you. When you're scared of rebuilding what God is calling you to rebuild, guess what? God is still greater than your fear. And I don't care. It's not about Pastor Tony. Well, what Pastor Tony going to think? It's not about what Pastor Tony thinks. Well, what about Pastor Kim? It's not about what Pastor Kim thinks. It's about what God is saying because God is greater than Pastor Tony. God is greater than Pastor Kim. God is greater than Elder Hardy. God is greater than any other believer in the church. It don't matter. God is still greater because it's about what he thinks. <laughs> I'm closing this thing, but we got to understand if our hearts overwhelm us, the love of God is still there. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 says this. Now there's faith, there's hope, and there's love. But the greatest of these is love. Just think of how powerful faith is. By faith, you can move mountains. By faith, things can be, you can tell this to move over here. By faith, but love is even greater than faith. He says hope. I'm hoping for a better tomorrow. I'm hoping for a resurrection. But even greater than hope is the love of God. Is the love that God has for me. So God provides me certainty. That's why he says here, and I'm closing. He said if we ask anything, come on and hear somebody with that. He says if we ask anything in the community of love that he'll provide it for us. So whatever we think we're lacking, all we got to do is ask him. And the love of God, out of his love, he gives it to us. So get your community together. Get your people together and say, we got to have a community of love. We ain't just talking, but we walking. 
we're backbiting, but we're working together. But we're going to have the love of God in our community. Give God praise right where you are. Give him glory right where you are. Magnify him right where you are. Because the love of God defines our community. You got to see it. You got to see it. The love that God has for us. Woo! I got to go. I'm excited. Next week, we're going to talk about the love within the brethren. But today, we got to talk about the love that God established for us. There may be somebody here today that's watching. You're hearing about the love of Jesus and how he sacrificed. And you don't know the Lord right now in the pardon of your sin. If you want to give your life to Jesus and accept his love, accept his sacrifice for you, just repeat this simple prayer out of sincerity of your heart. Just say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I realize that I'm a sinner far from you. But more importantly, I realize that you died for me and gave me your righteousness. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. And I'll follow you all the days. Today, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that's you, please reach out to us. Let us know. Information will come up on your screen. Let us know. I've given my life to the Lord Jesus. And if you know a believer, you know somebody that's already saved, just tell them, hey, I gave my life to the Lord. Help me to walk this walk of faith. Encourage me. Be a part of my community. Somebody may watch it today. You've been tuning in. You've been checking us out. And God is saying, this is the place that I want you to join. This is the fellowship where I want you to work out your soul salvation. The information is there for you. Please, please connect with us. Connect with the community. That's a community of light, a community that's righteousness, and a community of love. I'm so excited about what God is doing. He's added to the fold daily. We're serving. Those of you who are still serving, continue to serve. Don't let up. Continue to stay plugged in to what God is doing. Our last thing today before we close out in prayer, you want to give back to the Lord. Again, in advance, we thank you for your faithful giving. Those that are honoring the Lord with your tithes, with your offering. As God blesses us, he's still enabling us many to work and have increase. We give faithfully unto him as he's asked and allow him to protect us as he said in his word. And we know he's no short of his promise. So let's pray together over our offering. Father, I bless you and magnify you because you're a great God. In our community of love, God, we give back to you in love. God, we thank you that you're taking it for to bring people into your kingdom and your ministry will go forward. We declare and decree that souls will be saved because of the seed sown in Jesus' name. Bless those that don't have to give. Protect those all, Lord, that we can give one day. Lord, help us to love one another and share as we have so that there's no lack in the body. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Family of God, we love you. God bless you. There's some things coming up, things happening. Pay attention to the announcements. If you need us, reach out to us. We'll do our very best to love you and be community for you. God bless you. Have a great week. In Jesus' name.